welcome to another very special episode of Tokyo Daily. I'm your host, Lockie, and for those uh, viewing at home, yeah, my hair's just a bit wet because I just smashed out of a 12-minute 5K in inspiration of the Olympics. <laughs> nah, just kidding. I just got out of the shower. But I'll tell you what, I'm just absolutely pumped to review yesterday's results. You know, while we've left the pool, uh, we've entered onto the athletics track and the team sports are entering the final stages and there's just so, so much on the line in quarterfinal matches, um, particularly being that there's a knockout and no chances of medals. So our teams are putting it all on the line and it's been super, super exciting. I think, though, where I have to start from yesterday would have to be the 400-metre hurdles. I mean, it was one of the most phenomenal races ever. I think some some people have called it the greatest race ever, with Norway's Carsten Warholm setting a world record, beating his own with a time of 45 seconds, 94. That's right. That is for 400-metre hurdles. Um, I think if anybody has ever... If you're even if you're a good runner, running 400 meters under 60 seconds is a phenomenal time and something that I think a lot of good runners would struggle with. Let alone with hurdles and 15 seconds quicker than that. I mean, 45 seconds for just 400 meters without hurdles is it's beyond any. It's beyond me to be honest to even comprehend. And just the race itself was crazy. I think six of the eight runners in the race broke either a world, continental, or national record. As well, as well as the fact that the first five runners in any other Olympic race would have been gold medalists. So the field was absolutely phenomenal. I just can't wait for Paris to see that again. It was absolutely exhilarating. So yeah, so that was probably the highlight for me on, on the track today. Apart from, of course, uh, Peter Bowl making his way through to the uh, final for the 800 with a phenomenal race. He just played it played it so well in the 800 and it was super, super exciting. So he's racing tomorrow and I'm sure I'll jump into that a bit more with the preview. Uh, in terms of the basketball, the Boomers uh, co- comfortably took te- care of Argentina, set up the match with USA, which is really the battle, in my opinion, of the big dogs. I know USA haven't been necessarily the form team, but, you know, they've got absolute stars on the list. You know, they've got uh, Holiday, Booker, Middleton, who have just recently come off finals runs. Um, they've got Kevin Durant, the best player in the world currently. Um is just an absolutely phenomenal team. But, you know, the the Boomers have been in outstanding form. You know, I think Dante Exum's really starting to come into his own. Uh, Paddy Mills, I think I don't think there's too much more than you can say. And I think with the current free agency news, the NBA teams are realising just how special Paddy is too. Um, I know Pete, San Antonio and Australia fans have known that for years, but it is just awesome to see him get some serious recognition. And i tell you what, I didn't think there'd be a player more popular than Paddy, but I'll tell you what, Matisse Thibault... He's pushing it. He is pushing it. He's added so much to the team. You know, we always knew he was a great defender, but he's just his outside shot, his spacing of the floor. He's just such a great glue guy. So I love watching him. And I guess another highlight would have to be Jock Langdale. If he's not on an NBA team in the next six months, where are we? He has been absolutely awesome in this Olympic campaign. You know, I thought after the 2019 World Cup, he would have started getting a bit more notice, but he's really putting it out there in these games. He's somebody that has really, really impressed me. But I can't wait for that game against USA. I think that's something that all of us should definitely tune into. Australia in the uh, 
in the water polo has gone down 8-9 to the Russia Olympic Committee. So really flat, um, as we've been awesome up to that point, the Stingers. And, you know, they're really they're talking about it being a really similar team to the Stingers that won gold at the 2000 Olympics, but unfortunately couldn't get there. But still, to make it to the quarterfinals was an awesome one. And unfortunately, the where do we begin uh, medal hopes also fell with uh, Lena <laughs> with them going down. So bad luck to Lena and bad luck to the girls. And Harry Garside has secured a medal in boxing following his quarterfinal win. So this was quite interesting but in boxing they actually award a medal uh, to the semi-final losers so it means so he's guaranteed a medal and he's actually the first Australian to make the podium since 1988 you know he's a really alternative boxer um, he points to his background in ballet for his quick feet within the sport but yeah he is but awesome and he's really I guess no surprise that he is uh, Alex Winwood spoke very highly of when he trained with uh trained with Harry so yeah he's doing a phenomenal job and also the uh the Australian men's hockey have qualified for their final having been in Germany to uh last night so yeah awesome awesome win by the guys and we'll be cheering them on in the final unfortunately Jai Edwards where do we another where do we begin alumni he failed to qualify the for the semi-finals it was a really tactical race that was done slowly and um i'm really flat that he didn't go through but he'll be better for the run and i'm sure he'll be back for the next olympics another uh where do we be begin for past guest Brooks Stratton came seventh in the long jump with a jump of 6.83 this was awesome uh massive improvement over a qualifying jump which was 6.6 to uh, make the final and you know it's just absolutely huge result from her coming seventh in the long jump I think uh I'm I'm we're mentally proud for it where do we begin and uh yeah and it wasn't too far like she's still the Australian record holder she's still an absolute superstar and seventh in the Olympic Games just well done and finally, in the NACRA 17, unfortunately, Jason, he couldn't back up his uh, previous medals in the medal in the Rio Olympics, and he finished fifth in the NACRA 17 event today, but still another great job by him. And then finally, in a quite controversial, uh, Aussie Curtis Marshall, he suffered a massive shock as he failed to achieve a single successful attempt to crash out the first opportunity of pole vault final. I think the first one's almost like a warm-up jump, but there's a few issues with him being in contact with um, Sam Kendricks, who tested positive for COVID-19, so he couldn't train for much. So I think that might have impacted him heading into the finals, but that's really disappointing for him. Uh, and then also, just uh, just finally, the, the rugby sevens, you can take the boys out of rugby, but you can't take the rugby out of out of the players. So the rugby sevens are in a bit of spot of bother flying home, uh, reports about getting drunk on the flight and all this stuff. And I think they might have gotten into a bit of trouble from the Olympic Committee after leaving the village, given the state that they left their training room. So I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the coming days. And I don't, I don't think we're surprised the sport in the centre of this is rugby. Finally, so uh, we have the medal tally. So China in first with 32 gold, closely followed by USA and Japan. And Australia's rounding out the uh, the top four with 14 gold medals and 33 overall. So we just really hope we can consolidate. You know, a top five finish would be absolutely immense, but the other countries are chasing us down. So hopefully we can finish off a strong. Uh, I think we got a likely gold in the sailing coming up and hopefully uh, the our hockey team. Um, the butt boomers hopefully they can sort of come strong and finish it off for us anyway now harps is a little snippet of his interview that he did i don't know too much about it so I'll just let the great man get into it and introduce uh his guest 
We've had some awesome expert guests throughout this Tokyo Daily series, but I felt just one piece has been missing to really get to know the stories behind the Olympics. And I'm joined tonight by a Japanese local born and bred in Tokyo. He's here to talk about all things Olympics and all things COVID from a Japanese perspective. His name is Yoshi Kasahara. And Yoshi, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So do you want to talk about the Olympics and the COVID-19? So yeah, that was yeah. a really, yeah, kind of a, yeah, that was a big issue. And that was a really strange kind of way to, to start the Olympics. And then people are not so happy about that. Maybe we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I've got you yeah. on the show to talk about. So I'll yeah. start with a very simple question. Uh, mm. Do you yourself, do you think the Olympics should be happening? Uh, actually, I think everyone was so happy when Tokyo was selected chosen as a as a kind of a yeah 2020 olympics before the covid started so they be after the pandemic so people were worried and then i think the prime minister abe so postponed one year so i think the government and people thought that it would be all right in one year maybe we didn't know so but actually this year is even worse so it's even worse so and people are not so happy about that. People are, many people are against. But the government and IOC, International Olympic so, uh, Committee, so those two, I think IOC and Japanese government kind of, uh, I don't know, started. So and it'll be, people didn't say or didn't, I don't know, people actually protested and people are so against but the government didn't listen to us. I don't know why. So that was yeah, kind so of happening. Yeah, yeah. So are the protests just about all these thousands mm. and thousands of athletes coming in from overseas? That's the main That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we were surprised. Oh, they are coming. And then they, uh, we were surprised. Well, we, we've got to start because so many people came over to Japan and then to compete in, uh, in the Olympics. So... And if he said no, and he'd be so sorry because they are ready. So that was just, just what we felt. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think there were over mm. 11,000 athletes uh, mm. coming into Japan throughout the games, which is incredible, an incredible number, really. But wh- why do you think the government has insisted and uh, kept kept the games going? Ah, you know, I think when... When the Olympic Games started, like uh, I think the COVID even went worse. So, so many more people were like uh, suffering from uh, COVID-19. So, but I think maybe the reason was, the one of the reasons is IOC. IOC said, we can't stop. We can't stop now. So, and the secondary, probably money. <laughs> I'm not <Yeah>. sure. So... <laughs> Probably um, because I, I don't know. So uh, um, I think the prime minister, Abe, I think resigned because he was sick. Uh, he worked so hard. So, and then the, after that, so uh, Suga, uh, Mr. Suga took over it. And then he is a kind of a, I don't know, looks, he looks kind of a weak type of person. And then maybe someone is uh, controlling him or just um, 
maybe by himself, maybe wanted to do the business. But I, what I had was, um, I don't know if it is true, but one of the dispatching companies in Japan, and it's a, one of the biggest, or maybe the, it's only the biggest one, uh, Persona, uh, the, uh, the president of Persona, Sir Hazel. So he's, um, he's a really good businessman. And then he wanted to make money on the Olympics. Mm. And those companies really uh, wanted to do the Olympics. So um, I thought, or well, people thought, maybe postpone one more year. So because vaccine is, uh, vaccine shortage uh, going around. So maybe one year would be much, much kind of easier to to hold the Olympics, or maybe just not having it. But people, many people had that kind of feelings. So we don't really know the reason. So, but uh, like uh, we, I think people said like no more, no more Olympics, uh, no Olympics. But still, so what do you think as an uh, what what do you think as an Australian or in Australia? That's well, what people see, say about that. Do you I have anything? In Australia, yeah. lots of people very, honestly, to be honest, lots of people in Australia are very happy that it's happening because we have lots uh-huh. of lockdowns here and people can yeah. just watch sport all day mm. from their couch. Uh, and that, I think they understand that it's, it's probably mm. not the right thing to do in terms of mm. COVID, but uh, it's... Yeah, they're, they're grateful for something to watch and something to keep them entertained because it's sport nonstop for two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, we don't have lots of like uh, time differences, so it's exactly. really good. Yeah, yeah one, one really hour good. between Melbourne one and Tokyo. Hour. Um, so, you were speaking about the politics before. Um, Prime Minister mm. Suga, at the moment, you described him as weak, and he's seventy-two-year-old Prime Minister. That's very old for any world leader, uh, no matter mm. where they are. And uh, I, ha- I had a guest on the show a few days ago called Scott McIntyre. Yeah. He's an Australian guy who's living yeah. in Japan, and he was speaking about how at the moment they're having record ca- you're having record cases over there, three or mm. four thousand cases a day in Tokyo. But uh, he thinks they might be hiding some numbers and uh, wow. not doing enough tests. And then once the uh, once the Olympics are over, they're gonna mm. the numbers are gonna increase. They're gonna go into a wow. big lockdown because there's an election coming up at the end of the year. Ah. What do you think about that? That's really true. Maybe the uh, it's the Liberal Democratic Party is the one that's kind of ruling. That is a ruling uh, party. So mm. they think that because people are against before the Olympics, but when it started, people were so happy actually watching it because Japanese people are doing really well. Japanese athletes exactly. are doing really well. And Australian doing uh, like, like athletes are doing well also. Like uh, mm. many, especially swimming. So swimmers exactly. are really doing really well. I think, uh, I think, Almost everyone is happy. So, I and mean, then that's probably one of the reasons that uh, Liberal Democratic Party says, oh, you say, like, uh, you guys said, like, uh, we shouldn't have an Olympics, but you become so happy. And maybe that was a good good thing. So we started. So that is mm. something that they want to, want to say, I think, because, uh, because of the uh, election. So... So maybe so, maybe not. I'm not sure. But and also, people, many people think that it's only for money. But 
we don't really have audience there. So yeah, means, exactly. No, that's a good point. Uh, we don't really make like Japan doesn't make money though. So mm. it's kind of a, just paying money and then no, yeah, not not so much revenue. So maybe not making uh, anything back. Mm, <laughs> that is, yeah. but still. Still, but I think people are happy about that. So, but I'm very glad you said like Australians are happy about that. Thanks so much to Yoshi for coming on the show. And just before I hand it back to Lockie, the full interview with Yoshi Kasahara will be. Uh, out later today, hopefully about 35 minutes, we go into some really interesting areas. So keep an eye out for that. And also, uh, Lockie didn't mention because he recorded this before this happened, uh, in the beach volleyball, an amazing result. The Australian women's pairing of Taliqa Clancy and Mariafe Atacho Del Solar have knocked off the number one team in the world, Canada, Sarah Pavan and Melissa Humana Paredes. So they're into the semifinals uh, against Latvia. They won... Uh, two sets to one and yeah an amazing performance uh, went past midnight that one so yeah I'll just hand it back to Lockie now thanks for that half that was an absolute cracker <laughs> I wasn't expecting uh, wasn't expecting that but that was really good and I'm really looking forward to the full interview coming out that was a nice little snippet and I'm sure that all the listeners really enjoyed that too so as of course we always start our preview with uh with our where do we begin alumni probably said alumni too much time on the spot but it is what it is and carly mccullough so she's competing in the women's kieran at 5 30 p.m she's the last where do we begin guest that's still in the olympics so fingers crossed we really want one of our uh, one of our past guests to get a medal and we're absolutely cheering you on carly uh so yeah super super excited for that uh we also have the opals they take on USA at 140 in a quarterfinal match. You know, I've done an amazing win against Puerto Rico. Uh, anything's possible for the Opals. Um, they haven't had a great start in the group matches, but I think given that, like, already we've seen um, just in terms of the women's hockey went undefeated through the groups, uh, as well as the Stingers, who had really strong group form in the water polo, that group form doesn't really matter when it comes to a final. So, yeah, I think we're a great chance in this match. We also have Peter Bowl in the 800 meter final at 9.05. So put that one in your calendars. That is one that is not to be missed. Uh, he, he's been in men's form and he, if he medals, would be absolutely huge. Uh, we also have Genevieve Gregson. Uh, she's in the 3000 meter women's final at Steeplechase at 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Always really interesting, the Steeplechase. Uh, as well as Karina Lee. So she's Australia's sole competitor in the women's 10K marathon swimming event. So, yes, yeah, so that's uh, that's at 7.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. So make sure you get up bright and early for that because that's always a really cool endurance event. It's just amazing how the far these athletes can swim. I mean, 10, 10 kilometres. <sighs> how many laps of the local 25 pool is that? Uh, we also have the women's 10-metre platform at our... 4 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Australia's two representatives competing, Nikita Haynes as well as Melissa Wu. And, oh, Melissa Wu, she's she's an unbelievable athlete and she's been in really strong form in previous Olympics. Uh, she finished fifth in Rio, fourth in London and sixth in Beijing. So hopefully she can just go that little bit further and take a medal. And that's, that's all. Those are the main events that I've taken an interest in tomorrow. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in and I'm sure that our half will be back Uh, tomorrow for another episode of Tokyo Daily. Thank you.